the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CDP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Welcome to the Fresh Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Been a been a weird couple of weeks for me this last week. Had some setbacks, but it also set me up for the big comeback. So back here. But before we get started, I 
additions condolences to the Smith family and the Decula, the Decula High School football and the Decula High School family. Um, two tragedies in the last in the last couple of weeks uh, at that school. Um, their football game last night was postponed due to uh, a student being killed in a car accident uh, the morning of the the morning before school. Um, special condolences go out to the Smith family and uh, and uh, the Decula family. Um, Decula is set to play Archer. The football game between Decula and Archer was a big, a big, big matchup in seven, six, in seven, region seven, six, A, uh, was postponed and it will be played tonight. And uh, hopefully you guys can keep them in, in your prayers and everything and, um, uh, you know, get them through this, this tragic time. Uh, with that being said, thank you for being a part of the show. And we're going to jump into this devotional. Um, and it's from Hebrews 3.12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Have you ever wondered why people respond differently to the same sermon? Sometimes when the sermon seems dull to us and we scan the congregation, we see that others are listening intently. On other occasions, we find ourselves deeply moved by the sermon, but discover that others were not as affected by it. What are we to make of this difference? At one point in his teaching, Jesus warned his disciples, consider carefully what you hear. Hearing does not always mean listening. In today's passage, the writer to the Hebrews points out that most of the most of those who came out of Egypt with Moses did not benefit from his teaching. Even though they had a messenger and a message from God himself, they did not benefit from it because their hearing was not combined with faith. How do we how how do we know whether we are truly listening. The proof is in the heart, not the ear. Those who refused to listen in Moses' day hardened their hearts. As a result, they were disobedient and missed out on God's promise. You should be grateful if you have the privilege to listen to a skilled preacher. But the experience of hearing a good sermon delivered well does not in itself mean that the teaching of the word has been applied to your life. It's possible to enjoy the message and appreciate the skill with which it was delivered while missing the point. We should evaluate how we how we hear the message. Are you listening with faith? Are we willing to submit to the searching scrutiny of God's word? Will we allow it to wound us where necessary? Preaching is hard work, but so is listening. Without a receptive heart of faith, even a preach sermon can go unheard. That's pretty much point blank period there, guys. I mean, sometimes we have to take heed to the people who we don't want to take heed to, but sometimes it has to be done. If you don't do it, then what do you have in life? You're just an empty person. 
But that being said, we're going to come back. We're going to get into some football action. We're going to get into some predictions. We're just going to catch up with each other. Just just live the vibe and just live life because, like I said, two lives, two weeks, lost very young. You know, we got to live it one day at a time. But we'll be right back. Talk some football.
Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Appreciate you being a part of the, part of the Live by Tans Network. Um, but got some breaking, breaking news. Uh, last night, uh, Ohio State quarterback J.T. Barrett was arrested for misdemeanor OVI. OVI, for what you, if you guys don't know, is operating a motor vehicle while intoxicated. Um, he took a breathalyzer test last night, uh, according to some reports that, that I've read and um, some of the things that I've heard on TV as well, um, say that he took a breathalyzer test and um, he was slightly over the legal limit. Um, but because he was behind the wheel, they couldn't give him a DUI. They had to give him something similar. Um, so they gave him an OVI, which is a misdemeanor. Um, he will miss he will miss the game against Minnesota. Typically, for Ohio for Ohio State students who get in trouble uh, for things such as this, they fall into a a drug and alcohol type deal. But since this was a misdemeanor, he doesn't fall under that. Uh, typically, athletes get two game suspensions in any sport uh, across the board, whether you're male or female at Ohio State. Uh, but we know that he's only going to be out for at least one game. Now we don't know since this since this is an off week. This is counts as one week, and next week counts as two, or or however uh, that happens. Uh, according to most reports, a lot of the a lot of the suspensions that go down uh, are up to the discretion of Urban Meyer, head coach. Um, and Urban Meyer, ironically, was on a book tour, um, promoting his new book on leadership. And here you have one of your leaders of your team doing the unthinkable and stepping out stepping out and doing something um, very immature. And um, being the leader that I know that, that we see JT Barrett to be on TV, I don't know the man personally, but seeing him on TV, seeing him on TV and seeing what he does and the influences that he has over his teammates, I think he's a stand-up guy. I think he'll stand up, apologize to his teammates, Take responsibility and deal with the with the consequences that go with it. You know, luckily Ohio State's off this week. Cardell Jones comes back in. Is there a drop off? Yes, because the offense flows a little bit better with J.C. Baird in the offense because of because he gives you that option that option look that that third dimension. Um, now, will that mean? Will that mean? Does that mean that Braxton Miller comes back to being a quarterback? Hmm. Good question. We won't know that answer until next week. But got some great, got some great football action going on uh, around the state of Georgia, around the around the state of Georgia, around the SEC. Now, of course, uh, got the world's largest cocktail party. Uh, going on Georgia, Florida got some good games uh, today Oklahoma State, Texas Tech 
Oklahoma, Kansas, um, Temple, Notre Dame, uh, to name a few. And we're just going to jump right into it. And also, we got some high school scores from Georgia and Alabama today. And it's it's, it's crunch time in in high school football, as we know. the first round of the playoffs in Alabama start next week. Um, have not seen a playoff bracket as of yet. We'll go through. We'll we'll hear more about. We'll I'll give you some scores later on. But we're gonna we're gonna start off in the state of Georgia, and um, we're gonna start off in we're gonna start off in, in single A. The Swamp Bowl uh, was yesterday and last night, and it was a. This is one of the big rivalry games in all of the state of Georgia. And it's South Georgia, South Georgia rivals, Clinch County and and Charleston County. Um, the reason why it's called the Swamp Bowls because they're down in the Okefenokee, and um, schools, um, the counties are are um, they're bordered by the Okefenokee Swamp. And um, last night was no different uh, uh, fair. Um, Clinch County actually ended up winning this game fourteen to seven over Charleston County. These are both powerhouses in in the smaller in the smaller classifications. Um, both have won multiple state championships. Charleston County has been the more successful of the two in the last in the last few years, in the last decade, winning three championships. So, um, this is this is a, this is a really big game in South Georgia. Also in South Georgia, and we're going to stay in South Georgia. We're going to go over to Valdosta. The Wintersville Classic was last night between Valdosta and and um, Lowndes. And Valdosta coming off they're coming off the off week and coming off of that battering that they got in in Moultrie against Colquitt. Um, that's a came that's a came in. Um, with the loser of this game possibly not making the playoffs, and Valdosta has put themselves in a position to make the playoffs as a as a four seed and possibly a three seed, with a win over Valdosta, like with the win over Lyles last night, seventeen to seven. Uh, this 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 game, even though it was seventeen to seven, um, I did get to watch this game on on the, on the NHFS uh, network. And this game could have been a lot worse than seventeen to seven for about for for Valdosta over Lounge. Um Some some mental mistakes happened, some some drive stalling, some some penalties that sh- you know some unnecessary pen- unnecessary penalties in this game. Um, but Valdosta coming back, like I said, from from that from that beat down from Colquitt, um Last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, real, real big, real big step back for for Coach Gillespie and and those guys down there in Valdosta. Um, uh, we go forward, we go for, we go on, and in, in, in the same region, region one six a, which is probably one of the best regions in all of the United States. Point blank period, you know. I mean, in this region, you have the most state championships 
combined in one region than in any region in in six A. So this is this is one of those this is one of those those top regions in in the country. Like I said, um, Cockwood County was a winner over Tiff County, forty one to twenty six. And actually, in that game, Cockwood County was down in this game and um, came back and scored twenty scored twenty one points in in like four minutes uh, in a four minute span to break that game wide open. And uh, Tiff scored some late touchdowns also. Uh, which made this game close, and this is actually the the closest anybody has been. Uh, this is the closest win for Cockwood County this season, and, and in this this run that they've had of um, of now twenty four straight games, which is also a school record for Cockwood County. Um, Camden County was a winner over Lee County, and Lee County uh, pretty much clinched the playoff spot because of the Tiff County loss and because of the Valdosta win over Lowndes. Now, uh, Lee County could also not make the playoffs, but um, they've got a date with Tiff next week, and uh, Cockwood's got a date with Camden, which is for all the marbles. Both teams are 9-0 now. Um, Cockwood, Camden, if you, <laughs> next week you want, you want to be – you want to be in St. Mary's, Georgia next week for this game. This is a big game. And honestly, I think that the state champion will come out of region six, out of region one and six A. Um, region one and six A is just too good. Um, moving on to other scores. Uh, Newton was a winner over Lakeside to Cab, 53 to nothing. Tucker was a winner over Lovejoy, 31 to 21. Uh, region three, six A. Um, everything status quo had a big had a big rivalry game there. Coweta County, um, if you know my area, I live in Troop County. Coweta County is the, the the next county north and east of us. There's a big rivalry game there. Noonan and East Coweta. I'm gonna say it just like this: Noonan and East Coweta, they don't like each other at all. You know, and some of these some of these kids know each other from playing rec league football. Some of these kids are cousins. Some of these kids, um, you know, went to middle and elementary school together. This is one of those rivalry games that you don't want to be on the losing side. And, unfortunately, East Coweta was on the losing side of Noonan, 21-17. That was a game that was played at Drake Stadium last night. Uh, another game that, that um, again, I wish I could have been there to see it because I I actually I was actually in the same region as these guys as Noonan and these guys we did when I played football um in high school playing for the Shoop High Tigers. Um both of these schools very traditional very very traditional what they do and they're just this is traditional rivalry there. Um and the Noonan Cougars actually ended up winning, bringing that victory bell and taking taking the county bragging rights um, over East Coweta. Um, other scores in that region: Douglas County a winner over over Campbell, forty to forty to fourteen. Hughes was a winner over Pebblebrook, and Hughes may have just clinched the region championship. 
Um, they've got a big game coming up next week as well. So um, some big games still still on the horizon um, in Region 3. Um, we jump to Region 4. McEachin, again, state-ranked. Um, put it on Harrison. Put it on Harrison last night in the rivalry game. There, thirty-three to nothing. Um, Marietta was a winner over Kennesaw Mountain. North Paulding, who uh, uh, was a winner over North Cobb, thirty-three to thirty-one. Upson Lee pulled an upset of Osborne, uh, fourteen to three. Uh, which is, Upson Lee is a 5A school. Pulled upset over Osborne. Uh, we go on further down. Alpharetta uh, had a, was in the driver's seat to clinch their playoff first. Um, possibly a three seat out of Region Six Six A. Um, they took a beat down last night from Northview, forty one to fourteen, and uh, Northview is still making a push for a playoff for a playoff position. They got a big game next week. They win. They're possibly in. Um, they can cause a log jam also. Um, West Forsyth was a win over Centennial. West Forsyth uh, probably going to end up winning that region. Um, probably going to end up winning that region. They've got a game next week um, that that could determine that. Um, Lambert, the Longhorns beat Chattahoochee 41-26. North Forsyth and Habersham. North Forsyth beating Habersham Central 20-14. Um, South Forsyth beating Johns Creek 42 to three. And we can move on further down. And uh, as we said, um, reason seven, reason seven is, is, is uh, has log jam uh, as well. Uh, Peachtree Ridge was a winner over Collins Hill 28 to 13. Um, Peachtree Ridge in the top 10. Um, and in a in a battle of top ten, also in the battle of the top ten and six A, Mill Creek was a winner over Norcross twenty four to nothing, and that was that, that's a big that's a big big result for Mill Creek. Mill Creek's probably one of the best has one of the best defenses in the, in all of six A. Um, <coughs> excuse me, made a statement last night saying that they are the, they are probably one of the best schools. In 6A and sending out a rousing, rousing, rousing hello to the to the guys down south in, in Region One um, by winning against Norcross. And Norcross, Norcross is undefeated. It was had one loss coming into this into that game, and and uh, I'm sorry, Norcross is undefeated going into that game, and um, and they 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 take a beat down. So. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of good things going on there um, in, in Region 7. Um, Burkmar, Shallow, Shallow beat Burkmar 46 nothing. This is Region 8. Um, of course, uh, the other two schools in Region 8, Grayson, uh, Archer, and um, Archer and Dekula, they'll play tomorrow. They'll play tonight. So, um, so I mean, um, there. Grace in another top ten school, uh, fifty to ten winners over Brookwood. Uh, Central Gannett uh, beats Parkview, uh, twenty-eight to fourteen. 
so I mean that this is this is all set up to be very very interesting ties next week and also in Region Eight. So and this is playoff position. So you'll know more about the brackets probably next week um, in Region Six where they'll go where they'll play. Um, and all and, and things of that nature. Um, region Region One, we jump down to Five A. Region One, Five A, very very similar in in uh, results. Some big games coming up next week. Columbus was the winner over Hardaway last last night, uh, thirty five to six. Carver was the winner over Northside, uh, twenty eight to twenty five, which. Carver and Carver and Northside are probably going to be one and two coming out of coming out of Region One. Columbus will probably be the three seed, um, even though they have one loss on the season. They'll probably be the three seed. Lagrange will probably end up being the four seed with Harris County um, losing out. Um, again, there's a lot of there's a lot of football to be played next week. I think Lagrange plays. I think Lagrange. Um, Lagrange plays next week against Northside, and I think Columbus and and Hardaway play next week. I mean, I'm sorry, Columbus and um and uh, Carver play next week. So there's a, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of lot left to play for in in terms of seeding in one five a. I'm not sure of the I can't remember the schedule right off, but I think Columbus plays Carver next week, and I think Lagrange plays Northside next week. I think that's how it goes. Um, so, uh, like I said, a lot of seating. The seating is probably already um, been set with Carver winning the region. Um, Northside probably being number two in the region, uh, being that they beat Columbus last week. They upset Columbus last week. So, um, and Columbus should be the three seed with the management of four. So, you know, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of football left to be played there, um, a lot of seating to be done there. Also, um, we go we go to re, go to region two, and uh, again, Houston County is just they they are playing lights out football right now. Um, that just sets up a really big matchup with them next week as they play Northside next week, uh, Houston County. Uh, beating Evans forty-five to twelve. I'm sorry, Houston will play one. I, I, I can't remember who Houston plays next week, but they've got a big game in reason uh, next week uh, that will determine them as being either one seed or a two seed. They'll definitely be in those top two, those top two positions uh, coming out of Region Two. Lakeside was a winner over Greenbrier thirty thirty-six to three. Warner Robins. Um, bouncing back from that from that loss that they had last week against Northside, um, beat Grovetown forty five to six. Jones County was a winner over Richmond Academy forty two to twenty one, and Jones County actually lost last week also. So again, this is a log jam, and also in Region Two, where one of these two, one of those, one of these teams can it's a uh, it's a five way fight in Region Two. And one of these two, one of those teams is going to lose out next week. Um, of course, we go over to Region Three. 
Ware County probably uh Ware County I think submitted a some cemented a, a playoff spot against Ware. Uh Ware County did uh beating South Effingham thirty six to thirteen at home um at South Effingham. Uh Glen Academy uh will win the region. Uh will win region three. Um they beat Statesboro forty nine to three. Coffee was a winner over Richmond Hill, 41-14, and Brunswick was a winner over Bradwell Institute, 34-13. Now, Region 4-5A is probably one of the best regions. Um, I'm sorry, 4-5A is probably one of the one of the tougher regions to get through. And Northgate uh, will win the region um, – Region four five eight subdivision championship. They will division A. Um and they will take on possibly uh I think they'll take on Dutchtown next week for the region championship in four five A. Uh, of course six five A has been decided. Last night uh Mays beat Tri Cities. Mays went Mays won uh region six five A. And uh Stevenson beat Southwest Cab last night in a big in a big matchup there, rivalry game uh there. So that sets up next week. Uh Stevenson and Mays uh for the region championship in six five A and they'll play the winner of they'll play the fourth place team out of region five. Um They'll play the. They will play the Region Five winner um, at home with the, the fourth place team from Region Five in the first round. So this is a big game for both Mays and Stevenson. Um, Stevenson uh, top five team in five A. Mays a top five team in five A. Um, coming together. Also, uh, you know you got some other things going on. Some big games going on next week where Carver Atlanta could make the playoffs, Miller Grove can make the playoffs, Emil King can make the playoffs, George Hills can make the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in in in, five, in region six right now. Uh we do know that definitely Stevenson and Mays will make the playoffs. They'll be the one or the two seed um coming out of that region. Kell will play uh Kale will be in a region championship game in region seven. Um, I'm not sure who they play next week, um, but there's some big games coming up coming up next week. Um, next week, region eight will be decided. Lanier will win the region. Will win eight, region eight, five A. Daniel has cemented a playoff spot. Whether they'll be the three seed or the two seed is yet to be known. Clark Central. Um, Clark Central uh will make the playoffs. Clark Central won last week last night over over uh Heritage of Congress, forty three to twenty nine. Um Flowery Branch was a winner over Salem, thirty to sixteen. Gainesville was a winner over Loganville, twenty four to fourteen. And Lanier was a winner over Winder Barrow, forty eight to twenty one, which uh set up the region set up the uh region championship for Lanier. Um big shout out to um Reason Seven Region seven AAA winners, uh, Dawson County. 
the Dawson County Tigers win their first ever region championship. We're going to drop down the, the, the AAA and uh, talk about the AAA football for a few minutes. Uh, Dawson County winning their first region championship ever. Um, Dawson County High School, if you, I mean, if you're not familiar with Georgia, um, North Georgia, you know, football is is great football, and this this is football from the mountains and. Um, Dawson County is known more for their wrestling and their and their basketball than they are for anything. And um, this is the first year and their first year head coach uh, as well. So uh, Dawson went in a reason there to six and three, um, six and three in the in six and three uh, five. Uh, I can't remember their reason record, um, but they did beat their they beat local rival Lumpkin County 41 to nothing last night, uh, winning the region handily. Uh, there'll be a one seed, uh, in the triple A playoffs. Uh, possible matchups is Ringgold, um, or North Murray. Um, more than likely Ringgold, um, from region six. So, I mean, that, that, you know, region six is pretty much, it's pretty much done for. There is a three-way tie for the fourth position, but Murray County, um, Ringo holds a, holds a, um, holds the tiebreaker over Murray County and Cahola Creek, um, which I think they, they've already played also. So Ringo, uh, uh, will, will possibly be the fourth seed that I think that's how, how it will work out. Excuse me, how it'll work out. Uh, Calhoun and Adairsville will be the one and two seeds, of course. Um, those two schools, Calhoun defending state champions, um, defending state champions in AAA, um, winning their winning that that reason for the umpteen straight time, um, with a seventy to nothing win over Lakeview and Fort Oglethorpe. So, you know, a lot of a lot of good things happening in in AAA, um, and that that's that's some of the scores from from. Um, from the Georgia High School Football Association, and um, we're gonna jump into some. We're gonna jump into some college football now, and um, you know we got a lot of we got a lot lots of big games this week. Uh, but the the big three that everybody's talking about is the Georgia Florida game, um, the Oklahoma State Texas Tech game, because of what what could happen with uh, Oklahoma State. You know, coming into the month of November, well, they because they've got they've got a gauntlet to go through in the month of November. They've got they Oklahoma, they've got Baylor, and they've got TCU all coming up uh, in the month of November. So this is this is a big this is one of those games, a vaulting game for for Oklahoma State in a, in a sense because this will this will show what they've sent but they've ascended to and the ascension that they want to get to um with Oklahoma state what you see is what you get you get a great defense they've got great schemes come you know with that defense coordinator there um you know Mason Rudolph is a beast the running game is the running game is getting stronger the i mean the the receivers that that Oklahoma State have are probably some of the best receivers 
excuse me, next to TCU that I've seen in the Big Twelve all year. Um, this is this is going to be a back and forth game. Um, Patrick Mahomes had an awful game last week, and it, will it carry over? Will he have that hangover there? We know that the Texas Tech can put up points, but they can't stop anybody. They have a horrible defense. They have, I mean, there's nothing. I don't think that they can stop what Oklahoma State does offensively. I think Oklahoma State will get will get the stops that they need. They'll get the points that they need, and they'll win this game. But they'll win this game closer than closer than everybody thinks. So. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, Texas State's going to blow them out, you know, this, that, the other. I mean, Oklahoma State's going to blow out Texas State, this, that, and the other. Not necessarily. I, I think that when Oklahoma State shows up to play, they're going to play. And when Texas State shows up to play, they will play. But if their defense don't show up, they're going to get blown out of Jones SBC Stadium. This is a big this is a big game for Texas Tech also. This is a big game for Cliff Kingsbury because it sets up their month of November and they've got a lot they've got a lot of top ten teams coming in. as they've got to go to Baylor and they've got to go to to TCU as they've got to go to Baylor and they've got to go to Oklahoma as well. So I mean, this sets up this sets up perfect for you know, for the month of November if Texas Tech can pull the upset. I don't think they will. Uh, I'm picking the Oklahoma Oklahoma State to win this game and win this game handily. Um, and that's a 3:30 game. The other 3:30 game that I would like to talk about is the Clemson and North Carolina State game. This again is a game that sets up the month of November for Clemson because Clemson has to play Florida State and Clemson has to um, Clemson plays Florida State in a couple weeks and Clemson, you know. They've got they've got a couple games that they need to take care of business in in order to win in order to win the um, their division also get into the playoffs and uh, and that sort of thing. So Deshaun Watson, that receiving core, the great running backs that they have, the good defense, a really good defense that they have, you know. <laughs> They did Miami a favor last week by shutting them out and beating them as bad as they did because they finally got rid of their coach. And that's another story for for later on in the show. But, (laughs) um, you know, Deshaun Watson, he is a man right now. And he's playing lights out. He's playing like he – He's playing like he's like he's still in high school. I mean, this is a this is a kid who who plays has played the same way throughout his high school career, and he's you know he when he came into Gainesville, you know the thing with him was was that he was coming into a position where he was replacing a guy who had took them to the state championship game and lost by a two-point conversion and went to Alabama and uh, tore away on the bench for three years and then comes back and, and actually uh, leads them to a, to a conference championship last year. So, you know, this is a, this is a team, this guy is just, he, he's phenomenal in the way in his, in his thinking, he's phenomenal in, in, 
just in just him as a person. Um, having met him a while, uh, having met him a couple of years ago when he was a sophomore at um at Gainesville High School, he just he just exuded a confidence that you never see from a from a young man like that ever, and that that's carried on and. Not only is that carried on, but he's also made himself a better, a better quarterback, a better man, a better person. And you know, you listen to some of the stories that that he's that he's talked about. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just it's just amazing. So, you know, I, I like I like the kid Jacoby Brissett on the other side the same way. I. I like I like the offense that Dave Jordan has. I mean, he's gonna bring it today. And Carter Finley Stadium is gonna be one of those you know, this is a textile bowl. This is a rivalry game between these two between these two schools. So you know, this is a good this is a really, really good game between the two and but a lot of people are saying that they're gonna carry that momentum that they're gonna you know, get a beat down. But this is a pressure packed game for Clemson if you think about it, because Clemson's number three they are looking to stay in the playoff hunt. They're looking to stay, you know, being one part of that four that goes into the playoffs and plays in possibly the Peach Bowl um, on New Year's Eve. So this is this is this is a real real barometer type game. If you if you really think about it, this is this is a barometer type game uh, for Clemson and. Do I think Clemson will win? They'll win handily, yes. Do I think that they'll blow North Carolina State out? No, I don't, because North Carolina State's going to get their points. They're going to get a couple stops. Clemson's going to get their points, and then they're going to get a they're going to get a couple more stops than North Carolina State will. So this is this is one of those games where if you blink, you'll miss two scores. So I'm going to say Clemson by at least two touchdowns. Maybe a field goal. So I'm gonna say Clemson by 17 in this game. Don't think that I don't think that they'll make it interesting at all. I think that they'll they'll handle business and make a barometer and make this their barometer game. This this game to get them over the hump, get them through through the month of November and possibly into uh, into Charlotte. So um, big game for Clemson. You know, another another game that nobody's really talked about um that could be a big game is the game for the for the little brown jug. Um we know that there's some there's some things that the overtures that go along with the Michigan Minnesota game. The fact that Jerry Kill who retired um Retired uh, after on Tuesday um, because of because of health issues and he had some seizures um, Sunday and Monday and um, he is an epileptic and um, doctors have advised him to to stop uh, coaching and um, you know one of the quotes that he said that he had was you know. Football saved my life when he had when he had when he was going through the cancer. He was going through while a coach at uh, 
in Southern Illinois. He said that, you know, cancer, cancer helped him survive. Now, um, no, cancer saved his life. No, football saved his life. Now he has to save his life is what he said. Um, Afterward, you know, he said, you know, he even admitted that he that he ignored doctors' advice to to quit. Um, but I think this time he's at peace with himself. And um, after episodes that he's had um, previous years, I, I thought it was time for him to step aside. Also, but you know, a guy like Jerry Kill, who, if I mean, if you're in Big Ten country or in the Midwest or from the state of, of Illinois, like I am, you know what Jerry Kill means means to a lot of people around the state of Illinois and around the mid, around the Midwest. This is a guy who's very respected, uh, a very a very good coach, and just just an all around great guy. To see him in the position that he's in health wise, for me, it breaks my heart because. This is a guy who lived for football, you know, who loved molding young men into great young men and women, young men, young women who, you know, trainers on the staff, you know, him having him having daughters of his own, you know, he he's just he's just one of those guys that you just you gravitate to, and when you gravitate toward a person like like Jerry Kill. That means that you have a man who has the respect of his peers and everybody else. And, you know, he may not have been the flashiest, the flashiest coach. He may not have had the sound bites that, that a Steve Schroeder had, but what he has is a desire. And you saw that desire every day, every day that he, that he coached and, um, no, it's gonna be sad not to see him on the field, but it's glad to see him in good health. With that being said, you know, the other side of that, that coin is Jim Harbaugh uh is he's just amazing. You know, what he's done what he's done at Michigan in in just seven games, going five and two, um, you know, a hard luck loss to uh to Michigan State two weeks ago. Uh, this week, you know, coming into the Brown Jug game, um, you know, th- this is going. This is this is a big game for for not only Michigan but a big game for Minnesota also. Will they ride the emotional high that Jerry Kill has left them with? Uh, will they play hard for Tracy Clays as they played for? For Jerry Kill for for the last five years, all signs point to yes. This is a game for me. It's an interesting game. And it's a hard one to pick because you know Michigan has a stout defense. You know Michigan has a great running game. You know Michigan has a has a more than adequate quarterback, and they've got a great kick. They've got a great kicking game as well. Minnesota has much of the same. Lindler is a great quarterback. Um, they've got a pretty good defense. I mean, they don't give up many points, and they played TCU to the last whistle. So 
this is this is one of those barometer games again, a barometer game that that people aren't talking about, and it's a sad thing because this is a, like I said, this is a good Minnesota team. This is a Minnesota team that that was considered to be a dark horse in the in the Big Twelve West. I'm sorry, in the Big Ten West. Um, so. And and the and the the record's not a bad record either. I mean, they're four and three, you know, coming into coming into this game and and but they they've had some quality losses. You know, they've lost they lost to uh, Northwestern and they lost they've lost to Northwestern and uh, they've lost to Iowa, but you know, and they've lost to TCU. So this, these are quality teams that they've lost to. And they've played them relatively to 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 the whistle. So um, I actually, yeah, I like Minnesota. I like Minnesota a lot. I love what I love the the youthful exuberance that they have, and they they're a balanced team. You know, not many veterans, not a lot of veterans, a lot of young talent, a lot of talent that that's starting to mold themselves into being that that upper class talent. The upper classroom talent. It, it, it's so close. They're so close. Minnesota is to being back to to being that elite team that they were in the sixties and seventies. They're starting. To, they're starting to keep their in-state. Uh, starting to keep their in-state kids in-state. The top. The top-rated in-state kids in the state of Minnesota. They're starting to. To make things a little bit, they're starting to make things a little bit more interesting in the Big Twelve, in the Big Ten East, in the Big Ten West. I'm sorry. So Minnesota, Minnesota's, you know, they've got a little bit of a mojo going. Michigan also has a thing going with with Jim Harbaugh, with you know Jeff Rudolph, you know Shane Morris, having having to learn the offense again, having to learn a new offense. You know, for setting it up for next year. So this is again, this is a great, great team. That this is a a great Michigan team that will probably even be even better in the next coming season. So I'm gonna say Michigan wins this game. They're gonna win it on the strength of their defense and the strength of their of their running game. Don't think that Jake Rudolph Rudolph is the answer. For at quarterback for Michigan, but who knows? Maybe he'll come out and he'll have one of those lights out games like he's had, like he's had early in his early in his career at Iowa and and early this season. So we there's a lot of, there's a lot to be played. There's a lot to play for, and with Michigan still, they've still got they've still got to play. They've still got Ohio State looming on the horizon. They've still got. Some others, they've still got business to take care of in the in the Big Ten West, so they can still win the Big Ten West, and I, I think that they will. But it's just they've got to get over this hump and win this job back because last year they got they got trounced, and this is this is a like I said, this is a revenge game from from Michigan. So I like Michigan. Do I think that they'll shut out Minnesota? It's possible, unlikely, uh, possible. I mean, it's likely that it could happen. So 
So I don't want to. I don't want to say. Don't want to say yes. Don't want to say no. But Michigan could, you know, could win this. Could shut out Minnesota. So um, it's good. It'd be good to see. Um, and with that, we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna talk more football and jump into. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some more football and talk about the big game uh, in Jacksonville and the game tonight and the game tonight uh, with Temple and Notre Dame. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Man, it's good to be a football fan. It's good to be a college football fan. And big shout out to my man, to my to my dudes, the Dog Pound Crew. I know they living it up in Jacksonville right now. Bull, Poochie Man, y'all be careful. Love y'all. Hope to see y'all soon. Georgia, Florida, this matchup, Notre Dame, Temple, that matchup, Auburn, Ole Miss, this matchup, everything right now is the epicenter of college football right now is Jacksonville, Florida, and then it's going gonna, it's gonna to rotate up to Philadelphia tonight, and you might see 70,000 people in in Philadelphia at the link because this is a big game for undefeated Temple. We're going to jump into this game first. And I wish Scott Smith could call in. I wish Scott Smith could, could feel my passion, to feel this, to feel this, you know, just feel this aura, all this, and just soak it in, soak it in, soak it in. Because Notre Dame Temple is – one of the biggest games of the year. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Notre Dame Temple being a big game this late in the season, who would have thunk it? And it being an 8 o'clock game on top of that, I got to stand up. I got to get up. I got to get up in the press box. I mean, I'm hitting my head on the I'm hitting my head on the on the press box on the on the on the ceiling of the press box right now, but it's like this. Temple is a team that is focused. They're ready. Coach Rule has them ready. They've got a great defense. They, I mean, they they've got a running back that 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 will take the ball and put his family on his shoulders as well as the Temple football team on his shoulders. I love the way he plays. I love the way he looks. Uh, I love the way he looks. I love the way he plays. You know, very shifty. Not not afraid of anything, dude. I'm just I'm just saying, like this this is this is big time. This is this is a big time player. This is a big time game. This is a again, Temple. In order for Temple to win this game, they've got to get stopped. They don't give up many points. They don't. They don't give up many points, and they score some points. So this is this is a barometer. This is a big game for them. And this is a similar similar thing for Notre Dame. Notre Dame is also a school with Deshaun Kaiser, you know, coming in to being quarterback, and he's four and one on the season as a quarterback. He just he looks the part of of a Notre Dame quarterback. You know, you lose your running back, you lose some, you lose some offensive linemen, you lose, you know, you lose your your leader Malik Zaire for the season. But this is a team that keeps fighting. <laughs> they keep fighting. Now I don't know where the fight comes from, but it it comes. Um, but you know, I I, I love the way that they that they look, and I love the way they play. Um, I'm going to pick Notre Dame 
uh, to win this game. We're going to take a quick station break. Um, we're going to be right back. Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction. So had to come had to go had to go do some things real quick and come back. But anyway, let's get back to this to this Notre Dame simple simple game. And like I said, I love Notre Dame in this game because I think that the receivers that Notre Dame has will be <laughs> will be slightly better than the secondary of Temple. 
not to say that Temple has a bad defense because they don't. They have a great defense. But what I will say is is that Temple has a better look to them offensively than they do defensively, which will throw the defense of Notre Dame off just a little bit. But that doesn't mean that Notre Dame won't get their stops because they will. Then that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that um Temple will get their points because they will. So I mean it's just really up to it's really up to the players on the field and up to the emotions that that come with this game. Because this is this is this is gonna be a motion field. And to be honest with you and to be honest with you, I think the emotions that that are involved in the game can can get the best of, of a team like Temple. I mean, they've they've ha- they haven't been in a game where they're that they've been ranked with another ranked team ever. This is their first game, you know, playing a ranked opponent while they're ranked. And can their emotions get to them? Yeah, sure. Do I think that they're better than – do I think that they're better than than people who give them credit for? Sure. But I also think that this team can can win the ball game if they play within themselves. They, they keep the discipline – and everything, but I like Notre Dame this game. I really do. I think Notre Dame can be can beat Temple. I think they'll get more stops. I think that I I, I like the defense better. I mean, and I like the song Kaiser, and and I like Kaiser because he's cool and he's not. He doesn't make mistakes, and I, that's the one thing I love about him. You know, he doesn't make mistakes at all. So, so that's why I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. I'm gonna go with Notre Dame pretty, pretty. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Notre Dame by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I I, I give him three touchdowns, and uh, but don't, but don't count Temple out. I mean, they could make this game close, and if they keep it close, they could win this game. So, um. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Now, before we get before we jump into the Georgia Florida game and talk about that game, we're gonna talk we're gonna jump into some scores from high school, from uh from Alabama high school football, and this is the last week of the, this is the last week of the regular season. They start playoffs next week, and this is and this is a lot of games where there's a lot of a lot of reason a lot of reason. Uh, championship games to be decided, a lot of reasons to be decided, a lot of rivalry games. So, so let's let's get in, let's jump into it, and um, you know, um, Thursday night we're gonna jump into some Thursday night scores and and um, local t- local school, uh, Los Apoca, uh was a forty-one to seven loser to Real Town. Real Town two uh, A school uh, going to make the playoffs in two A um, wins forty one to seven there. Um, 
Sullivan was a winner over South Lamar, 41-34. Um, Rashad Johnson's over high school, Sullivan High School in West Alabama. Uh, they were in there, Sand Rock High School. Um, beat Cedar Rock, 16-13. Uh, to 13. Otagaville beat R.C. Hatch, 30-0. Uh, um, Wadley. Wiley was a winner, 25-12 winner over Woodland. Um, Sachs beat Lafayette, 63-34. to um, On Thursday night, um, Valley Head, uh, Collinsville High School beat Valley Head, 34-16. Uh, A.L. Johnson beat uh, Green County, 32-30. Daphne was a winner over LaFleur, uh, 27-6. Blunt was a winner over Saraland, 34-30. Uh, Spanish Fort beat Citronelle, 54-7. Charles Henderson uh, was a winner, 35-31 over over Northview. Uh, Beauregard. Um Borgard was a 82 to 36 winner over Russell County. Um, 82 points um, scored by Borgard is the most points they've put up in in close to 60 years of, uh, from what I've read and what I understand. I think it's actually a school record number of points. Actually, um, Jeff Davis was a winner over Carver of Montgomery, 51 to nine. Thompson was a winner over Chelsea, 51 to 56 to 21. McAdory was a winner over Center Point, 35 to 10. Hoover beat North Marion, 38 to 14. Uh, Clemens was a winner over Hamilton, 41 to 7. Mosul Souls was a winner over Buckhorn, and Florence was a winner over over Huntsville, 31 to 28, 31 21. Sorry. Uh, jumping to some Friday scores. Um, 1A Power Florala, Florala was a winner over over JF Shields, 58-18. Um, New Broughton was a winner over over Kingston, uh, 44-6. Verbena was a winner over Jacksonville Christian, 46-28. Um, jumping further down um, into the scores. Um Hanley was a winner over over Central over Central Clay County, twenty eight to seven. Um, Alexandria High School was a winner over Cherokee County, sixty five to forty nine. Fort Payne was a winner over Aniston, twenty seven twenty six. Moody was a winner over Arab, twenty one to seven. And in a big game um, up in northeast North, northeast Alabama. Uh, Gunnersville and Albertville. Uh, Gunnersville, Alabama is where is where my man Scott Smith resides. And if you ever if you need anybody right now to talk about uh, recruiting and help you help you get some get some um, some looks, talk to my man Scott Smith. Check him out uh, online, streetlightrecruiting.com. Um, streetlightrecruiting.com. Check out his check out his YouTube page at Streetlight Recruiting. Um, 
Um, also, you can, you can hit him up on his Facebook page, uh, Streetlight Recruiting, as well. So, um, but with that being said, Gunnersville was a, was a thirty-seven nothing win over Albertville over Albertville in one of the oldest rivalries in the state of Alabama. Um, so, um, Gunnersville, big winner there. Uh, Scottsboro was a winner over Madison County. Haleyville was a winner over. Scottsboro winner 45-21 over Madison County. Haleyville 31-7 winners over Lawrence over Lawrence County. Excuse me. Russellville was Russellville High School was a winner over Coleman six to nothing. Uh dropping further down dropping further down here and uh looking at more scores here in uh Opelika B Enterprise forty five to twenty forty four to twenty seven. Um Prattville was a thirty-four to seven win over Valley. Um, Valley scoring their first points in three ga- in four games, uh, ending their season uh, on a disappointing note. Gardendale High School was a winner over Pelham, sixty-one to twelve. Uh, Viger, uh, South Georgia Power, went over Mary Montgomery, uh, twenty-one to fifteen. Murphy was a winner over Alma Bryant. Uh, Forty-eight to six, Baker was a winner over over Davidson. Forty-one to twenty, McGill, Tulin, and Foley played last night in the rivalry game. There, uh, McGill, Tulin winning thirty-five to seven. Also in also in um, in that region, Theodore beat Fairhope twenty-eight twenty-one. Um, region two and seven A, Auburn beat Demopolis uh, twenty-four to sixteen. Main Park out of Region Four beat Bessemer City, uh, twenty-four to six. Homewood beat Tuscaloosa County, thirty-four to fourteen. Mountainbrook beat Huffman, uh, seventeen nothing. Vestavia beat Sage Valley, thirty-three to fourteen. Uh, Lee High School beat Grissom, thirty-four to nothing. And Austin High School beat uh, Bob Jones, twenty-eight twenty-four. And also a uh, game that was played that was finished this morning. Uh Delva High School beat uh Geneva High School thirty three to twenty one. So then those are the scores from the state of Alabama. Um so um uh, a lot of playoff playoff implications all, all over those games and um next week first round of first round of the playoffs starting Alabama. Uh, one more week left in Georgia, and um, then we got the whole month of November to talk about how, talk about college football, and you know some of the other games that are going on as of right that are that are scheduled. Uh, but uh, from give you some scores from Thursday and Friday night. Um, Thursday night, North Carolina twenty six nineteen winner over Pittsburgh. Uh, TCU on the strength of of Josh Dotson and and um, Trevon Boykin, forty to ten winners over over West Virginia, and that was a funny part in that game. Trevon Boykin just, I mean, he embarrassed two guys. I mean, he had them like falling out in lingerie on the field, and uh, 
West Virginia head coach Dana Hogerson, he just just reached out and gave him five and <laughs> kind of looked around, kind of looked and said, "We can't stop this guy. We can't." I mean, and and that was a, that was what you can read his lips on. That's what he said, um, which was very very funny to me. Um, Texas State and Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern was a winner over Texas State, thirty-seven to thirteen uh, in the Sun Belt matchup. Uh, we had some matching going on on, on Thursday night. Also uh, in the MAC, uh, Buffalo beat Miami twenty-nine and twenty-four. Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan played in a, in a somewhat rivalry, you know, somewhat rivalry game. Um, Western Michigan beating Eastern Michigan fifty-eight to twenty-eight. Um, Oregon and Arizona State played on Thursday night. It was a late game, at, uh, eleven thirty, eight thirty kickoff. Out in the desert, uh, Oregon winning that game, sixty-one to fifty-five. Um, go over to some Friday scores, the Friday games. Louisville was a winner over West Forest, twenty to nineteen. Uh, Connecticut was a winner over East over East Carolina, thirty-one to thirteen. Louisiana Tech was one over Rice, forty-two to seventeen, and Utah State was one over Utah over Wyoming, uh, fifty-eight to twenty-seven. So. That's that's pretty much a roundup of of the games that that went on on Thursday and Friday in both high school and college. Um, we're gonna take another quick station break. We're gonna come back. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some special guests on the on the line from Jacksonville. If not, we'll talk more football. So, uh, and also I gotta give a shout out to Young Johnny and uh, Young Johnny. I'm playing a song right now, buddy. Steady reminded me our defense is dominant. Plus, offensive line of beat. 
running back, safeties and cornerbacks, we on attack, roll tide, 200 interceptions, 100 sacks, elephants are super intelligent, but if ever push, well don't want eagles and gators, if they are edible, sports and a highlight, they they are incredible, look up at the scoreboard, if they we ahead of you, roll tide, you should just pledge it too, Crimson Tide Nation, that is who we reppin' too, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. And uh, try to get my men, try to get my guys to call down from from Jacksonville, and nobody's answering the phone. So uh, just gonna try to get some sound bites there and see what they see what they up to and see what they what they're predicting the game gonna be. But I'm almost say it just like this: next year I will be down there, and next year I will be wearing a gray T-shirt and you know, not representing anybody except for um, the team I represent, which is Auburn. So, um, <laughs> uh, with that being said, um, this is a, this is a tough game for me to even to even. Georgia's made some made some changes today, and um, they're gonna go with with the with the uh, with the red shirt sophomore quarterback platoon Bossa at. At quarterback, which I think is a welcome change because it, it gives them a dimension that that Georgia hasn't seen since the days of DJ Shockley and, and Quincy Carter, and that that's that's the a quarterback with some, with some with some wheels. Um, of course, you know Matthew Stafford can move when he wanted to move. Um, Aaron Murray can move when he wanted to move, but they, you know they're, they're they're basically pocket passers who, you know, who ran when needed to run, but you know when they had to run, but when you when you have a play set up for them to run, um, like you will with Fatone Bata, or you did with Quincy Carter, or you did with DJ Shockley, uh, it's a little bit a little bit different. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a little bit different um, look than that Florida than Florida has seen from from Georgia in 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 years. Um, so we have that constant threat of a running quarterback. You know, and um, this is this is something that Brian Schottenheimer and 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 Mark Rick came up with, and they had to come up with something pretty pretty drastic. I mean. Uh, the last time you played, you won nine to six um, over over a good Missouri team. But you know, offensively, you didn't have what you wanted, so you made the change. And fresh fans, didn't really give you didn't really give you a look. Um, I, I like Bryce Ramsey as a quarterback. I, I love 
I like what Grayson Lambert has done, you know, being five and two as a starter. But it is just the Alabama game for Georgia actually that exposed them in ways that they didn't want to be exposed, both offensively and defensively. Um, you look at Florida and when they played they played LSU. LSU exposed them to the fact that they don't finish games for real. Um, so I this is a, this is this is one of those games where they have a lot to prove, not only to each other but to the nation as a whole. You know, saying that they're still a player, but they play in a very weak SEC West and a very weak SEC East. Sorry, um, and it, it makes for it makes for for interesting drama. Like um, you look at it this way. The running backs at at Georgia and the running backs at Florida, they both average close to four and a half yards a, a rush. You know, Treon Harris is a pretty good quarterback, but they do miss the influence of Will Greer, and they do miss the influence of of Hargreaves when he's when he's not healthy. So when he's healthy, so when. And he hasn't been all the way healthy at all. So, you know, he's been he's been in and out, you know, of health, you know, good health, bad health all season, you know, sore, bruised, banged up. But he's also shown up when you, when you need him to show up. So it, it's going to be a very very tough matchup, and I love the matchup that that they have. I love I love the I love this game because. This is a rivalry game. You can't really pick rivalry games. I mean, because one team can come out hot, the other team can come out real flat, and then they come from behind and beat you. But with these two, these two teams, you get what you get. And you know, when one team's keyed up, the other team gets blown out, and that's the way it's been the past six, seven, eight years. Uh, the Tebow years, the the Matthew Stafford years, the Aaron Murray years, the, I mean, the Werfel years. You go back and, and historically speaking, these games haven't been close. You know, you have a couple of pockets of games here and there that are close, but most of the time, one team's blown out the other. So, um, that being said, I mean, does does Georgia shut out? I mean, does Georgia beat Florida this year? <clears throat> Excuse me. Does Florida beat Georgia this year? Does Georgia beat Florida this year? I think the better talent is on the side of the Bulldogs. But I think the will to win is on the side of of the Gators. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, you see what's missing from the Gators. You're missing the quarterback like Will Greer, who gave you a balance, gave you a balance offensively. You look at a guy like, like Treon Harris, who can throw the ball. 
but he's prone to get himself in trouble because he, you know, he gets into that run first mentality and in the pocket. So it's very hard to to look at to look at both teams in that in that sense. If you can get Fatone Bata to to complete some complete some passes and to get the ball to Sonny Michelle or Keith Marshall or Brendan Douglas or whoever you decide to put in the backfield because you, because you're missing that Chubb, but you got three quality quality guys behind him and Keith Marshall you no. Know, Removed from a from a torn ACL, two years removed from a torn ACL. Um, he's got he's got that kind of power and 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 sell that he's still got the speed in some of the runs that he has. He's still got the speed, you know, to be a speed back. So, but you know, you got to give him more touches. Brendan Douglas, you know, you can put him out of backfield. You know he'll give you yards here. He'll give you yards here and there. Um, Sonny Michelle is a game breaker. Uh, I mean, he may look slight in stature, but he will hit you in the mouth. And that's what you that's what you gotta love about a guy like him. And um, so, that being said, you know you look at the pros, you look at the cons, you look at what and what Georgia has. They have three quarterbacks who who can play, but you haven't seen them actually take control and take the take the offense by the scruff of the neck and make it their offense or make this team their team. That that's the one thing that really bothers me about about Georgia is that you don't have that quarterback that's gonna take control, take charge. You know, the last quarterback that you had to do that, that will just take charge and be that bulldog, no pun intended, but be that bulldog, you know, that, that bull, that will, that will, you know, be the guy who grabbed the bull by the horns, you know, type of deal. You know, you don't, you haven't seen that. You haven't seen that from, from, from a Georgia quarterback since, well, since Matthew Stafford. I mean, Aaron Murray was different, you know, Aaron Murray had he had the quiet confidence. He had he had a little bit of swag to him. Whereas Matthew Stafford, he just he exuded confidence. He made you feel what he was feeling. You know, if he felt confident, he felt like he was gonna kick your butt, he's gonna kick your butt, you know. He's gonna tell you he's gonna kick your butt and then he'll do it. So, I mean, you, you don't have you don't have that that feel. From anybody, you don't have that feel like you do from from any of those three quarterbacks. So, with that being said, you know it's gonna come down to it's gonna come down to the play of of the quarterback. Ultimately, it's gonna come down to the play of the defense. Can can Florida get stops? Can Georgia get stops? You, you know, obviously both of these schools they have very strong defenses. You know. So you're gonna get stops, but the thing about it is, can they get the points on the? Excuse me, can they get the points on the board to make this game interesting or make this game fun? That that's the big question here with Georgia Florida. You know, what is Georgia team gonna show up? 
what Florida team's going to show up? Will the Georgia teams of of two straight losses show up? Or will the Georgia teams of four straight wins, no, five, yeah, four straight wins before this two game losing streak? That's the big question that you that you that you got here. What teams are gonna show up? What quarterbacks are gonna show up? What you know, what running backs gonna take the day? You know, this these are questions that, that you're gonna have from each from each school. You know, what special teams players gonna make the difference? I mean, can Austin Harden live up to the hype that he's had coming out of high school? Can Marshall Morgan Set the struggles off his head. That's the questions that everybody has. And for me, honestly, I think that both these schools have to have to get back to being the basic, get back to the basics. Mark Ricks has gone back to, and both of them had off weeks to put in different things. So I, I'm just gonna say it like this: I like Georgia in this game simply because of the talent that they have. I like Florida in this game simply because of the talent that they have in this game. But who's going to win this game? Honestly, I like I like Georgia in this game. And I think it'll come down to a field goal. And the kicker that I trust most is Marshall Morgan. And I say that with bated breath because this could also flip the other way as well. So it's it's very hard to pick a game like this. It, it really is. You know, when you think about it, 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 it's one of the harder games to pick because you don't because you don't know what you're gonna get out of either team. You don't know what you're gonna get, even though Florida seven and one. Even though Georgia has a winning record at five and two, it's just very hard to pick a game like this when you don't know what intangibles another don't know what intangibles they're gonna bring to the table. So I'm gonna pick Georgia. I'm gonna pick Georgia by a field goal simply because I trust Marshall Morgan more. That 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 being said, I I don't know what how else to even put it. You know that's just. It just makes sense to me. It does. It just makes sense to me. I I, I don't know what to say about it. Um, I, I don't. I, I just I don't know. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. I'm gonna give some closing remarks, and then we're gonna go tailgate. Stay tuned.
To the fresh box of the tailgate crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being part of the show. And I want to give a special thanks to Wendy, my admin, uh, my man Terrence, T Rex, DJ EA. You know, take them out Tuesdays and Thursdays for the Live by Terrence show. Tuesdays. Uh check out check out DJ EA. Um Cordier. Uh on uh, Thursdays, turned up on Thursdays. Um, got some good things going on with the with the live by Terrence crew. This 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 just ain't no this ain't no this ain't no kind of thing with us. This is a conglomerate. This this is we we like the. I mean, I mean, I hate to say. I mean, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say death row because we far from death row. You know, we faith based. You know, but we we make things. You know, we we want we want people to we want to convey our love for radio and our love for both music and sports. Um, come through to the masses. You know, we've all been given gifts to do something with with ourselves, and uh, so that's why you know I I actually 
you know, I actually like say these devotionals and give these devotionals because I want people to understand what we are and what we come from. You know, I love being a part of this show. I love being a part of the network. I love being a part of of everything that goes on. I, I mean, this, this is my love. This is this is what I do. This is my release uh, from everything and. I just want to I just want to say thank you to everybody who's who listens. I want to thank you for for listening to me because you know without you guys we would we wouldn't be anything. So you know thank you. Um, you no, know, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, but you know the tailgate crew is what it is. You know this isn't a this isn't a, this isn't this isn't a fad. I'm passing fad. This is a, this is a movement, you know. You know, this is we talk about football. We talk about all kinds of sports here, you know. And getting and getting into the basketball season, you know, I'm gonna be talking about the Bulls a lot because I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a well, you know. And as you see, as everything goes by, I'll be talking about some. I'll be talking MMA, but right now the focus is on football. The focus, this, this is the focus right now, but. Just want everybody to know we'll be getting more into the NFL in the next couple of weeks now that, you know, the high school football season is winding itself down. The college football season is heating up. The NFL is heating up. The NBA is 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 in the early – it's in the infancy of their season. So MMA is always going to be MMA. So um, – any questions regarding MMA, regarding regarding any kind of sport, man, just just hit me up. Hit me up, Jay Houston seventeen on Twitter or the Tailgate Crew on at Twitter uh, on Twitter. Um, hit up my man T Rex. You can hit him up at T Rex. Hit up my man DJ EA at DJ EA. Um, like I said, live by the live by chance network. This just isn't a passing fad. This is a movement, and. <laughs> y'all, need, y'all need to jump on and, and listen to us, man. Because we are awesome, man. We are awesome. We are all awesome in our own way. So, uh, that being said, again, I want to thank I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Again, Miami and Wendy, T Rex, Cordier, Casey, Valencia, TJ, Deontay, Jaden, uh, Tayden, and Cameron. You know, Jamil, Michael, Justin, Shrondland, you know, my family, the Bennett family, everybody that's involved with this, thank you. Let's go tailgating. We'll see you next week. Next week, big week. Um, big weekend of games next week. Uh, headlined by Alabama LSU. And hopefully – and hopefully, God willing, I'll be here to to convey that to convey that message out there to you. But until then, y'all have a good weekend. Be safe this Halloween on this Halloween weekend, and also keep those keep those the, that the the Kula football family in your prayers. Keep the Kula high school family in your prayers uh, as well. Um, they lost two students very young. 116, 117. And I, as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, you lose someone so young, you know, it put it puts life into perspective. So everybody go out and 
you know, have fun, live it up, but just keep life in perspective. With that, we out, and y'all have a good weekend. Let's go tailgating. searching for this truth here.